awesome. Man can like flowers. Everyone sit down. In fact, I think when I um, started dating Mel, I gave her flowers once and then she found out I liked flowers so much she gave me a bouquet of flowers and put it on Facebook and everything. It did go viral for the wrong reasons, apparently. Yeah. Hey, we had our youth camp last week. We had some teenagers in the house. It was called Outlanders. Outland- everyone, said, everyone say Outlanders. Outlanders. It's all about being different. In fact, Jared started off the camp talking about we are aliens, we're sojourners. We are just traveling through. As people that make that decision to follow Christ, as Christians that we're created by God, we are just here temporarily here on earth. And I can tell you right now, on camp, there are three main things that happen every single youth camp, almost every chappy camp as well, and that is I have too much food. Number two, I get really hurt, and this time it was my left knee, I think my age, and Brenda's like, nah, you're not old, but my knee, it it got buggered up somehow, Uh, shummy, that's one word, if he's here, I don't know, shummy is normally involved when I get hurt, just want to get that off my chest in front of the church. Number three, most important, is I see young people make a decision to follow Christ, not just to experience God, not just to have, I guess, a moment with God. But at least one young person, every single camp, I believe, has this genuine decision to start to follow a life that is very, very different. It's funny how Kerry shared in her communion that, you know, do we remember the time when we encountered God and we made that decision to follow Christ? She said it, was, it could be months, it could be years, it could be decades ago. But that moment where you encounter God, you can't deny it. And then something radically changes, not from the outside in, but from the inside out. Since making the decision to follow Christ, myself, it was at a Planet Shakers conference. I think there was 15,000, 20,000 people in this auditorium, this huge stadium. And I come from an upbringing where making this decision to follow Christ, this was just something that, oh, well, you're just born into the world and, you know, mum baptised me or my, uh, the priest baptised me in the old school church, um, traditional church, and um, sprinkled my head and all of a sudden I'm a Christian. And that's what I thought for a long point of my life. But it was around 12 years old at this conference where I encountered God in a very personal way, not in a church way, not in a religious way, not in a follow the rule book way, but in a real personal relationship way. And since making that decision to follow Christ, my life has become different. The way I walk, the way I talk, and the way that I think is different to many people around me. Now, as a follower of Christ, that doesn't mean that when you make a decision to follow Christ that everything just changes radically. You just become this, your behaviours, the way you talk and all this sort of stuff just changes instantly. For some people it can, but I think for many of us it's a journey. Many of us, it's reading his word. Many of us, it's getting to know the Father, getting to know the one that created us so that we know what we're created for. And gradually, things start to change. I believe, just like this bottle here, or this vase, that this represents the world. The oil represents the culture of the world, everything that the world tries to tell us on how to live. And when we come into it making that decision to follow Christ, all of a sudden we realise that we're in the world, but we're not of it. We're in the world, but we're not of it. At this point, at the start of my message today, mixing it up, hopefully it does work. 
It is a message. Oh, it is a message that I preached very similarly at our youth camp just gone for our young people. There we go. At this point, does it look very similar? Like it's mixed up, yeah? Getting some nods. Yeah, thank you. It's science class today. All right. It's mixed up. But in this phase, it's oil and water, oil being the culture of the world, everything the world's trying to tell us on how to live, what we should believe in, choices of job, relationships, whatever that looks like. That's the world, but we're the water. But I can tell you right now, as, as much as I can mix that up, as much as I can blend that thing up, as, if I can get a blender organized next time, blend this thing up, I can tell you right now, because Google tells me and because I know science, that they're never ever going to fully mix together. In the world, but we're not meant to be of the world. I think sometimes we get that mixed up. And I just want to preface right from the very beginning, the message that I'm going to preach today is called, We Are Different. Very simply, we are different. You can hang out with people who are not Christian. You can go into an environment where a lot of choices are probably opposing to what this says. But I can tell you right now, you can be in those environments, and as long as it's not changing you, as long as it's not influencing you, you are there to be different on purpose and to, make, to stand out for him, not for yourself, but to stand out for him. I know this all too well as a chaplain, as a Christian uh, part of a Christian organisation called Scripture Union, a Christian worker in the school in a state school system. I'm different, I'm in it, but I'm definitely not of most of the systems and most of the opinions that people might have within that environment. I believe that we are different, not to be different, but to make a difference. And that's what we said to our young people. We said to them that, you know, this world is so caught up in, you know, be different, be yourself, but that's not the message I'm preaching today. See, to be yourself is following what this says, and it's following what the rest of the world's saying, but what the Word says and what God says is the absolute difference. It's an absolute truth, not a subjective truth. I don't know if you've been in a situation before, church, where your circumstance and your feelings and the things that are happening around you start to take a full-on hold and grasp on your life and start to control this thing called your mind, and you start making decisions because of what's happening around you. I can promise you right now, in his word, that's not the life that he has for us. He calls us to be different, to make a difference. I'm going to quickly pray, and then we'll jump straight into what that looks practically for us today. Um, whether you're a young person or a person that's been seasoned in the Christian journey, this is a reminder for all of us today. I know I was challenged while preparing this. So Father, we pray that you would speak more than Jason speaks. I pray that people would walk away feeling like they've got something that is new to what they walked in the door today with, that they will be reminded and they'll be afresh of understanding that we are different. We are different. We're in the world, but we're not of this world. Help us to live this life that you have for us, to be different, to make a difference for your kingdom, for your cause, so that people would know you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. You ever been camping before or at a conference before and you've got your phone with you and you've charged it, right? You charged it to the max, all right? You've got the proper Apple charger, not the cheap knockoff servo chargers that take forever. You have charged this to its prime, it is ready to go. And yet at the conference at some point, because you're taking notes or because you're taking pictures of nature or the big fish that you took, you took the phone, you know, really close to the fish, make it look like a cod. You know, we all do it. I've done it, right? We're doing it. We're using up the battery. And then we think, oh, well, anyone know what this is? A little portable charger, right? It'll do a couple of charges, 
But if you're going for a camp for a long period of time, it'll work for the short term. But for the long term, if you're going for a camp for a good while, this thing will start to run out of power. This source of power will run out, and all of a sudden, this thing starts to dribble away until it's not used at all. I believe that this portable charger is a good analogy or a good image of the world that we live in today. Because it is very similar to this one. It gives charge. Where the phone, it gives charge, just like this charger does, but it only lasts a short while. And I think too, on, too long for us as Christians is sometimes we can find ourselves in environments, we're in the world, and we get ourselves attached or hooked to a source that was never eternal, it was never long-lasting, but it makes us feel like it will. I literally, if I charge this phone and plugged it in, it will go that little bloop noise, whatever your phone does. If I charge on this one, it will still go bloop, it will still make that noise. So it's convincing that it's charging exactly the same way. But this one will last a lot shorter. This one's meant to last the whole while through. I believe, why am I talking about that? This is what everyone says. This is the opinions of others. This is, this is my family situation. This is friendships I've made. This is relationships I've been in. The people that have been in my life that I've tried to connect to, to be my main source in life, but I found, man, I'm starting to flatten over time if I'm only connected to them. But when I'm connected to something else, something like his words, there is something that dramatically changes in my life. I can walk with a confidence church. I can walk with an surety of I know where I'm going. And in fact, I do this little program at school called Rock and Water. I can't go into the detail, like, context today for time. But one of the activities I get the kids to do is literally line them up, 10 kids in the room, and I get them to walk with their head down. So they walk like this across the room, and they're sitting there going, Chappie's lost it, what are we doing? We're just walking, we're supposed to be playing games, right? And then I say, okay, lift your head up, do this. Now walk. And I get them to do it a second time. Backwards and forwards, and I say, which one did you feel more confident? What do you mean? Like, which one did you feel more happy, like you've got it, you're confident, you've got this? Well, when my head was up high. And I said, man, literally the subtle change of your head being tilted up to head being down just every step along the way can actually make a huge difference in how you walk. My first point today, if we're going to be different, we've got to realise that we're going to walk different to everyone else. What does walk mean? It means the actions, it means the choices. But I can tell you right now, before we go into any more of this message, this needs to be the main thing in our life. It needs to be the main thing. It says in Psalm 119, verse 105, NLT version, it says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. See, I've got many friends that don't believe in God and literally are going left and right, crawling through life, trying to figure out what's going on. And I can tell you right now, situations can be exactly the same for me as a person next to me that doesn't know God, but I know on the inside that I can walk confidently knowing that this is guiding my steps, that his word is guiding my steps through life. The storms of life, even Kerry was talking about before, that no matter what's happening to us, life can be really hard, but when we make the decision to follow Christ and we hear his voice personally through reading his word, because it's the only way we're going to get to know what, how he sounds like is by reading the book that he wrote. I believe that this book can often be misinterpreted, taken out of context, and can read just a scripture by flicking it open, going boom, and this is how I'm going to walk my life. But I believe this is meant to be studied. It's meant to be getting to know the one that wrote the book way before we just read any of the pages. 
I believe a lot of people encounter God way before they read a Bible. And in fact, I believe the pastoral, care t- the pastoral team says all the time that we are often the first Bible people are going to come in contact with. Because we're living out what this says. We walk different. Give you an example. Something that really messes up a lot of my friends' heads, especially non-Christian heads um, in my life, is the way that Melanie and I started our relationship. Both of us, unbeknownst to each other, we didn't tell anyone around us about nine months before I even asked her out at Macca's, very romantic, right? Before I did any of that. Nine months, literally to the day at a Youth Alive conference, I'm standing in an aisle with teenagers between myself and Mel. Mel and I being youth leaders together, that's all I saw her as. And in that moment, God made me see her in a completely different way. And I held on to that for nine months because I didn't want any other voice except what God said to see if that would settle, see if I get a peace about it. And then, heads up, little hint for you guys that you've in a relationship, go to leadership, get wise counsel, throw a name. I threw it at Pastor Brennan and straight away he was like, green light. And that was not what I was expecting. But what was really different, what weirds people out if I tell them this story when they're not Christian or don't believe in God, is that I had feelings... I had this moment where God spoke to me and I didn't do anything with it for nine months. I didn't rush. I didn't go straight into it. I didn't follow all the other young adult friends that have a feeling I'll go talk to everyone else and just see where it goes. And we just start dating and then people get hurt. And, oh, and I know everyone's situations are different, but I mean, I'm so thankful we had a moment with God both at the exact same time. I felt it here at the end of that aisle over there. Mel felt the same thing. Didn't tell anyone. Then out of nowhere, I knew that there was already a spiritual foundation. There was already him speaking from the beginning. That's different. That's weird. That's absurd, people would tell me. But I'm so thankful that we started the foundation on what God said rather than feelings or any physical attraction. All that stuff just flowed right on top of that, but it was so important that God said that first. That's different. The job that I end up in right now in chaplaincy it was definitely not the dream job in my mind. I was in school, I never connected with the chaplain. I was a Christian through school, but I never had the opportunity to really connect with him. I knew of him, he had the same name as me, it was easy to remember, but that's as much as I knew about him. But when a job opportunity came up, it was actually more than a job, it was actually feeling that God, you're calling me to be in the school, that's my original school, that did so much for me, that I get a chance to give back, but in a very unique and different way. It's not the best paid job, but I can tell you right now, God had spoken to me, had put on my heart, had opened doors, and seamlessly just went straight into that role. I didn't know what was involved with it. I didn't know where to start. All I knew that Jared, Pastor Jared, had given me some skill sets on working with young people through the youth group, and I brought them to the school. But ultimately, God was following and with me in all the decisions and all the conversations with young people to this day that I know that I can't do in my own strength. That's different, that's weird, that's absurd. How could you say that, Chappie? How could you say that God is part of your journey? How, how can you say God, this invisible being in the middle of nowhere, speaks to you when you speak to me? That's weird, that's different. In the world, but not of the world. The friendship choice I make in my life, the journey that I have with my family. Both my parents going through some medical stuff in their, in their world right now. And how I approach that, how I think about that, how, how I go in with my actions and the choices I make, 
onto, you know, if dad goes, hey, I need a hand with it, I know there is times where the Holy Spirit says, go on, you need to be in that environment. You need to be peace. You need to be hope. You need to be um, some sort of joy that cannot come from you, Jason, but I'm going to be with you. That's different. That's absurd. That's weird. It's different to how I think, church, because I'm freaking out. I'm, I'm crying. I'm, I'm upset. And all those things are normal for human beings, for all of us. We need to feel what we feel. But I know that now I walk different where it, it doesn't have the final say anymore. I think as Christians, we can't push down the emotions, but we also can't let them lead. We need to feel them, but don't let them have the final say. And this is what has the final say. This peace, this assurity, this confidence I can walk with. That it doesn't physically look like that in my life all the time, but I know in here, man, he is with me, and I'm speaking that out. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is alive and powerful. If you come in today going, it's just a book, can I tell you right now, man, it's so far from the truth. Between these covers, it's a literal word of God. We believe as a church, the literal word of God, that God inspired through man, written onto pieces of paper, literally so many books written into one so that it is actually applicable for our life today as much as it was applicable for the people when it was first written. This is alive, it's breathing. It reads us more than we read it. Have you ever found that? When you're reading the word, you know, oh man, it's called you out on something. God's talking to you through something and we've got a choice. Do we follow it? Do we follow this inspired, this, this literal word of God or do we choose what we think? Which leads me to a second point. See, I realized when I made a decision to follow Christ, when I genuinely made that decision to follow Christ, I realized that my thinking has changed. It's not normal. It's so different. We think different. We think different. We walk different. We think different. This is where it's tricky because this is what other people don't see. See, choices and actions, they come out. People will see the choices you make in your life. The actions, actions speak louder than words and all that sort of stuff. That's really important. But man, when we become a Christian, when we follow Christ, he starts to transform what's happening up here because this thing leads us astray so much, church. I don't know if I'm the only one in the room that has that experience, but this thing tries to get me to go that way when I know God's telling me this way. I know that I'm going down this path of, of uh, cynical, critical, negative, really low, and all of a sudden God's taking me on a different path that's opposite to that. It's that battle. Romans 12, 2, Paul actually writes this. He says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed in the renewing of your mind. Be transformed in the renewing of your mind. I love what the Passion Translation says. I, said, I shared this with the young people last weekend. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, be, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Sum that up in a few words. Stop copying everyone else and what they're doing. But here's the trick. We can read that scripture and hear the statement I just made and think, oh, that means, like I said earlier, oh, well, I've got to be myself because there's no one else in the world. I say this to young people all the time. You know, fingerprint analogy of there's only one fingerprint out there. There's, uh, you're the only person in the world that's exactly like you, hair color, eye color, and the way you live your life. It's so unique. Be yourself. We hear that message so much through, through school, through programs. But I can also believe that it is a bit of a half-truth which is actually worse than an outright lie. Because when we be ourselves, 
that's now no longer being transformed by the Holy Spirit, but what I think I should live my life, what I think in my circumstance, what I think with my feelings right now, this is what I believe is true, and this is what then I start to think. I know that we can alternate between this mindset. We can think this way, we can think what we think, and we can be ourselves, and we can feel confident in that, and I don't care what anyone else thinks, that's great, but I think it is that half-truth where we need to get back to who were we created by. We're not here by accident. We didn't crawl out of the ocean. We are literally created by God, created by God on purpose and to be different, but ultimately because we're created by God, we need to connect to the creator to find out what we were created to be, who we were created to be. He will reveal to us that true purpose, true identity through his word, guaranteed. And I don't care what age you are and how much life experience you had, and I'm not saying that in a disrespectful way, but I'm saying it this way, that we can go back to his word and you could be in your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s and live so much life, had so much experience that has made you who you are, but I believe that God has taken you through that journey and when you acknowledge him and listen to his words and hear what he wants to say to you, whether it's in prayer, through worship, through a leader, through a friend, when God speaks to you, man, we've got that choice. Do I follow what you think about me, God, or do I follow what I think about me? Beautiful Lauren Daigle song, You Say. Beautiful song. Just remember those two words, You Say. Type, type that song into Spotify, listen to it, it's beautiful. Because when I feel low, when I feel like I'm going through the t- season, that's a lot of I, 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 but you say, and he often says sometimes the opposite to what we're thinking about ourselves. I know it's challenging for me because I can sometimes fluctuate. In, in, a, in, a, in a school system that can be very much thinking this certain way, I've got to remember, I've got to think this way. And it starts to make me stand out, not to point to me, but to point to the one who created me, and I know who I'm created by. How I think about others, how I think about my future, how I think about my life in general, even how I think about myself, that's the hard one. Because everyone could know what you think about them through your words, but often people don't ever think. The person left and right of you, behind in front of you right now, will not know exactly what you're thinking about yourself. And it could be really dark. It could be really negative. It could be really low thoughts about yourself. And I promise you that is not words from God. That's not words that are found in here. Those are words that have been formed by circumstances, by situations in life, by loss, grief, trauma, all things that we feel in our life, all things we go through in our life. But letting it have the final say, man, that is very dangerous. And I believe that what we ultimately think about in our heart and our minds will naturally come out then in our words. Third and final point, we talk different. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Our words always eventually reveal what's going on on the inside of us. I heard, heard, I think it was Jared that maybe um, said this to me a long time ago when I was like, oh man, why, why do people do bad things? Why are people going, like, hurting people or hurting, hurting myself in a situation? I think it was Jared maybe the first time that told me this little line. Very simple, but impacted me, and I've shared this with many young people now. Hurt people hurt people. When there's stuff going on here, because we, we cover it up. We do the best to put a smile on our face. I'm a Christian. I'm going through life pretty well. 
all good brother, all good sister when we come through the door. But deep down, there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of unforgiveness, a lot of guilt, a lot of all this stuff that we, it comes from us, not from God. And we're covering it up and holding it in there. And I promise you, you can last a certain while keeping that thing down. But eventually it starts seeping out through the cracks in our life on people that are closest to us, to them people we don't know, to our boss, to our colleagues, to our kids, to our spouse. It starts to seep out. For what's in your heart determines what you say. We talk different. It might, it might sound weird because you guys have known me as the positive, optimistic, normally an encourager, but I can tell you right now, before I made the decision to follow Christ, when I was really young, I was very critical. I was very cynical. I was very um, negative towards people. I often was bullied so much in school, in the end of primary school and the start of high school, that I end up going, you know what, the old, the old saying, if you can't beat them, join them. And I joined the bullies and I started throwing words out that I'm not proud of when I think about that back now. All this discouragement, negativity, puts downs were just part of my life because it's such a cultural thing in schools often. I don't know if young people, you agree with me, but people can find it much easier to be negative than be positive. It is easier to think of something to be critical about than to lift someone up. It's easier to put them down than bring them up. I ask young people all the time, piece of paper, take your pen, write down all the things that are negative about your life. Write down all the things that you think are not great about your life. And they fill that page. They go, can I have another page, Chappie? Here's another page. They write all this stuff down. Eventually, the idea is that they scrunch up their piece of paper and they start to then figure out what could they write that are things that are positive that they think are great about their life. The hidden blessings, the good things about their life, and they struggle. I'm talking two, three words. And they sit there and just think for a long period of time. This is the world that we're living in, church, that is so negative, so critical, so bringing down. You only have to watch the news. Good news is so rare. Bad news, all over the place. There's stuff going on this person. Well, that person did the wrong thing. That person going to jail. That fire's happening. There's so much crazy, negative, bad stuff happening. But I think we're hooked to it as, as a society, as a world. We like the idea of seeing things that maybe are bad going on, as long as it's not happening to me. But when it happens here, man, that's when something happens. Really bad. We talk different. It says in James 1.19, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. I don't know about you, but there can be people that are not believers of Christ, not made a decision to follow Christ. They can be really nice people and can follow this. But I reckon nine times out of ten, a lot of people that I work with as colleagues or it could be staff, it could be friends in my life, as soon as something happens... And they hear something and they assume, boom, boom, straight into it. Not slow to speak, it's really quick to speak. Really quick to become angry. I don't know if that's you. I know that I've found that in my life sometimes. It also says in Ephesians 4.29, And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. If you haven't got anything good to say, don't say it all. We've heard that before, right? I think that sometimes it's, it's, it's obviously great. If you don't have something good to say, don't say anything at all. Like, obviously, keep things encouraging. Speak life. Get around people. But I think when it comes to how we talk different, if we have the greatest example, often sometimes, in God. In situations where we're shouting and we're screaming and we're hurling words that we're not proud of or we're just so emotional... 
I've never heard one. It's like God just losing it at a person, just out of control. He's pacing in heaven up and down the hallway. Jason just said that, and it gets under my nerves. Man, I'm so glad that's not the God that we serve and the God that we know. He's a gentleman. He is slow to speak, slow to get angry. Jesus, how he walked the world, how he walked, how he thought, and how he spoke, it seemed like the guy never had a rush. He was not rushing to one thing to another. He was not dictated by schedules. He was not worried, I didn't do that, I didn't do that. Oh, no. Like there's probably many miracles more that Jesus could have done, but he did miracle here, here, here. But there would have been people in between that were needing the exact same miracle. That messed up with our mind. Oh, we've got to do everything. We've got to do this. We've got to do this. Man, that's not the life that God's called us to live. There's something different about us, church. See, I believe I've learned in my chaplaincy role, last six years of being in the school, that sometimes not talking is talking as well. Not talking is talking. There are situations where I'm in a meeting and there could be so much negativity towards maybe a young person, like this hopelessness, there's what's going to happen in their life. Man, we don't know what we're going to do sort of thing. And I'm sitting there, I'm just thinking, I'm not going to feel this. At the right time, Holy Spirit led, pause, God, do you want me to say something? And sometimes you go, leave it. And then there's people, professionals in their field of well-being have said, I noticed you didn't say anything. Did you do that on purpose? I did. Then there'll be times where I paused. Holy Spirit just prompted me to go, you need to say that. And you say, yes, no, whatever it might be. See, we are different not to be different. We are different to make a difference. It was a, uh, it was a while ago now where there was a young person at our school that had passed away, medical stuff. It, it was pretty full on for this person's class and their cohort. principal came to my office and said, all right, Chappie, um, you're normally working with these kids. We need you to go in the classroom. And I'm freaking out. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, whoop. I'm just freaking out. Because for me, as much as I've been a Christian for a while now, I'm still on that journey of a bit scared of those situations when there's grief and loss of just gone haywire and what to say. What's the right thing to say? And I know people have encouraged me just to sit and just, be, just listen, arm around the shoulder, do colouring in with them. Because anyone that's gone through grief and loss, there's... Often it's not words. It's just being, someone being present with you. Anyway, the principal said, you need to be in that room. Um, other support staff are a bit unavailable at the moment. I said, great, because I normally got a bit of a team with me in these situations. And so I'm sitting at the back of the room. The principal is telling the class what has happened. Shock hits the room. Some people, rumors have got around a little bit. I did not realize, I just felt God put on my heart that I, I, I needed to be there. And I could have come up with excuses that I could have been busy, but I just went, nah, I'm not listening to here right now. I'm listening to God be in this situation. And as I was walking over and the principal's walking next to me and he's talking, I hope he's not listening, but he, he was talking and I wasn't listening that well to him. And I was listening more to what God, what do you want me to <laughs> say in this situation? What do you want me to do in this situation? And, I, and he just put on my heart, just the one, there'll be one, just one, spend time with one. Don't have to worry about the whole class because you'll be running around. That's part of me, like I was talking about before. Help, 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 all over there, burn out. But just one. Remember, I was talking about listening to what he says more than what you think. And as I sat down at the back of the room, one of the kids comes over, didn't realize it was the best friend of the person. Like everyone else was actually going semi all right, considering. 
there was emotion. They were watching Shrek on the TV. I remember that was happening, right? They were just trying to just be present. And this kid goes, I need to talk to you. I'd never met him before. As I found out, he was the best friend. He found out literally in that moment, he had no rumours said to him, no, no lead up to it, born his eyes out. Big, tough sort of looking dude, born his eyes out of my office. Long story short, as I'm talking to him, as I'm sitting with him, as we're doing colouring in, part of my mind was like, I need to tell him about Jesus. Like part of my mind, my, my thinking was that. But then also I was just like, actually, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Because he was scared of death. It quickly flicked to now he's scared about his life. He's scared of, he got real deep. For a year eight student, it was real deep conversation. And as I was talking to him, sitting down with him, I then felt Holy Spirit say, just listen. And eventually he then asked the question, what do you think about afterlife? What do you think about the next steps? What do you think about when you die? Where do you go? All this stuff. And like a door opening very seamlessly, Holy Spirit led, I had a conversation with him, talk with him. There's still grief and loss. There was still stuff going on that went for months of catching up with that young person. But the young person ended up being open to it. He asked for me to pray for him. He got connected into a youth group that a lot of the Centenary Arts kids go to. And the friends that was a, a Christian friend of his that was trying to get him to come to youth group since the start of grade seven, all of a sudden this kid apparently goes up to him and goes, I want to go to your youth group. I just talked to the chappy. He prayed for me. I feel like I want to get to know God, all that sort of stuff, because this is so scary and I need something because he was so lost. He was so in despair. And it's, you know, we hear it all the time. People in the lowest times in the valleys, God can speak so clearly. God can do something in those valley moments. We shouldn't be scared of them. We shouldn't pray for them. But when we're in those valley moments, man, God, what do you want to do that's going to be so significant, that's going to be different to the mountaintop moments? And in that moment, the kid asks for prayer, prayer. I pray with him, connected to the youth group, and it's really cool the journey that he's been on since. But I can tell you right now, it was him going, there's something different about you. And it's not Jason Berry. It's not Pastor Jason Berry. It's not Chappy Jason Berry. It's who you were created by. It's who you believe in. It's who you put your trust in. So as I wrap up today, church, we stand to our feet. We realize over time that at the start, when we make the decision to follow Christ, it's not as evident that you're going to stand out like a sore thumb, <laughs> that you're going to stand out, you're going to be different. But over time, settling starts happening in your life from consistent choices consistent actions by the times when you could have easily thrown the negative comment in the post people knew you could have but you didn't the moments where someone screamed and yelled at you and you just felt like you had this confidence and people could see it on your life for the moments where you went through a grief and loss like just with your friends and all the friends are just so lost in the moment and as much as you're feeling it as much as tears are running down your eyes as much as you're feeling the loss there is something that's an assurity in your life, there's a confidence in your life, you start to stand out over time. Through all those choices, through those actions, the way you walk different, the way you think different, the way you talk different, you start to stand out and you realise, I can be in the world, but I'm not of this world. People start to notice. So my encouragement, the reason why I'm sharing this today is that no matter what season of life you're in, whether you feel like you're in season or off season with God, whether you feel like you've got um, Him really with you in this moment, there's been so many maybe miracles or there's been great breakthrough happening in your life or maybe you sit there and you're on autopilot, it feels like a Monday every day. Can I encourage you? 
hear what he wants to say to you currently in this season. And if you're not hearing something, what is the last thing he said? And go with that. Walk with the confidence. Walk with the surety that the creator of the universe, the one that created everything around us, has created you, you individually on purpose, not by accident, to be different, to make a difference. And sometimes we can say, New Year's resolution, I'm going to be different this year. I'm going to do some different choices. No, let's record us through this year. Can I encourage you right now? What God could speak to you maybe through the last song, and it's an upbeat song. We're not a slow worship song where everyone's lifting their hands. Man, there is power in the lyrics of these songs because they back up what the Word says. Pastor Ben is so uh, passionate about the idea that all the song choices we have, they're not just pretty songs. We don't just go, oh, that's a nice song with a little bit of drum pattern and a guitar riff and all that sort of stuff. No, no, no. What are the lyrics saying? He often says that to us as a team. Are they speaking truth? Not subjective truth, not lovey-dovey feeling, and I'll just have a moment and cry and all that sort of stuff, as much as that can be a physical response. But what is, is it lining up with the truth and absolute truth in your life or the subjective truth that often our feelings and circumstances can say? Can I encourage you, before you leave today, in this moment, while we're about to sing the song, and when we're talking to people around us, please leave today going, man, God, I just want to hear from you. Or remind me of what you last said and help me to walk with the confidence so this is close to my heart and no one else can take that and remind me I am different and I'm in this world and I'm in my workplace, I'm in my schools, I'm in that family situation as much as you're like, why am I in this? I'm in the friendship, I'm in the doctor's surgery, I'm in whatever environment, I'm in it, but I'm not of it. And how I think and how I walk and how I talk is completely different being followed by what he says about who you are. So Father, help us today to remain humble. Humble us, God, so we don't think that we're doing this in our own strength. We don't think that we're doing this because, oh man, I'm trying to be myself and I'm going to make an impact and I just want to influence people in my workplace. I just want to see my boss, you know, maybe start asking questions about who you are or I just want to see a situation change. There's a lot of eyes involved in that. Help us to take the eyes out and put you in the middle of it, God. Help us and remind us that with you, we do walk different. With you, we do think different. And with you, we do talk different. And it's different to anything else the world could try to offer. Help us not to shy away from that. Help us not to try and conform with what everyone else says. Help us just to stand out for you, to be a light on the hill, to see people encounter what you say about them, maybe before they even touch the Bible, through our life. We're your hands and feet. We're the vessels. We're open arms right now going, God, use us. Use me to be different. Different because you call us to be different. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. I hope that's been challenging, encouraging, a reminder. It's something for all of us. We often say when we preach, that the people that are listening, whether I'm there or I'm up here, it's all to do with, man, do I want to get something out of this? Or, nah, I've heard this before. I hope and I pray to let go of that mentality. I've heard this before. I've heard I'm going to be different. I've heard I'm in the world, but not of the world. Let it be something fresh for you today. Whatever that looks like in your own words and what ultimately he says, walk away different. Walk different, talk different, and think different. That's us. That's the church.